The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, episode 549, Cool Stuff Found, for Sunday, April 19th, 2015. And welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where, well, today you send in cool stuff found, we find cool stuff found, we share cool stuff found, and together we all want to learn about lots of new things. Next week, of course, we'll be back to our normal question answer tip format, but uh, we do like to take a little diversion here and there for a little cool stuff found. Our sponsors for this episode today include Barebones at Barebones or Barebones Software at Barebones.com, makers of fine apps like PB Edit and Yojimbo. We'll talk more about them. Also, OWC, Otherworld Computing at MacSales.com. Uh, their new Thunderbolt 2 dock uh, was fantastic. They've also got an enterprise grade SSD that, frankly, to you and me, looks like a little USB stick. Right until you pick it up and plug it in, and then you realize it's far more than that. We'll talk more about that, too, later on in the show. Here, back from Las Vegas, here in Durham, New Hampshire, where it's sunny and almost warm, I'm Dave Hamilton. And still here in Fairfield, Connecticut, John F. Braun. Where it's probably also sunny and close to warm. Uh, we're, we're hitting um, we're hitting that wonderful time of year where uh, one needs neither the heat or the air conditioning. It's just right. Also known as mud season, right? <laughs> really? Oh, right. That's what they call it up, up, up north near ski mountains and stuff. It's always mud season because you can't oh. you can't really do anything at the ski mountains, right? You know, you can't ski and you you can't like do your mountain biking or anything yet because all the snow is still softening the ground too much. But that's okay. We like all the uh, all that stuff, so it's good. It's uh, it's a good day to uh, maybe get out and ride your bicycle. Yep, some might even call it bicycle day. I don't know, but oh yeah, we got those people out. Oh man, I I don't have a problem with bicycles. I, I do have a problem with bicyclists not observing traffic laws and almost running into them or them running into me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they know better. My car is bigger than you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the laws of physics and in that case, both the laws of physics and the laws of the land uh, sync right up with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. <clears throat> I've always thought that uh, well, I guess that's why you have the laws of the land is for when times when the laws of physics should not be the, the ruling law, like with pedestrians and crosswalks. But that's, you know. Because pedestrians should have the right of way, even though the law of physics says the car screaming down at you does. So, hey, uh, all right, cool stuff found. Let's let's uh, let's dig right in and see what we get here, John. I figured we would start with a group of things that are that are free, because one of the things about cool stuff found shows is they get expensive, and and I'm sure we'll talk about some things in here that that have you know, significant prices, but not these, not this first chunk. So Mark sent in 
he said, I found a really cool program called Spectacle for the Mac. What it does is if you have a bunch of program windows open on your desktop, it gives you a keyboard shortcut to automatically auto arrange the windows on the desktop as you see fit. It will allow vertical, horizontal, top of screen, bottom of screen, etc., all using keyboard shortcuts. I find it handy for when I'm working on a special project on a Mac desktop to see everything arranged neatly. It goes well with my workflow. The website is spectacleapp.com and we will put that in the uh in the show notes. So and so it begins, John, but uh it begins freely. And that's a good thing. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot of mine are uh uh, lower no cost yeah we like that i will I get one that has a moderate cost but uh but we'll, it's cool we'll save it for the uh for the non-free section john yeah yeah all right kurt writes he says if you uh, this is actually a tip not and so uh, as long as you already have an ipad this is free he says if you are in mobile safari on an ipad and you pinch with two fingers hard enough uh and far enough the page collapses down to an icon and all the other tabs you have appear as regular companion icons. And he's totally right. And you get that nice little uh, kind of uh, tiled view, if you will. So uh, he says, I found it totally by accident, but uh, I'm sure it's intentional. And I'm, I'm sure you're right there, Kurt. But it's one of those things that we all tend to forget about, or at least I certainly do. So good stuff on that one. Anything to add before we... Uh, before we blaze through the rest of these, these uh, in the intro section here. Nope. I don't have to. Have All to right. Uh, Michael says, did you know that in the sidebar of the finder, you can list under favorites all my files? And that is, it's there by default. Uh, he says it lists files chronologically so that the last thing you worked on is at the top. I have found this incredibly useful for getting back to things I might have worked on in the last few days, but didn't know where I saved them. It even works with files saved in the cloud. Saving to the cloud just gives me one more place to forget that I put things. So, yeah, I um, you know, you're right about this, Michael, that all my files thing. I always turn it off because it well, because it was new. Right. It, it was it was added, I guess, in uh, Mavericks, maybe even before that. But um, if you if you list it, it's usually in tile view. But if you uh, put it into list view, you can just have it show you things in uh, in chronological order. That's a good idea, man. Thank you, Michael. Good stuff. Yeah, I've turned that off, too, because, yeah, I just found it. I didn't need that big a picture. Right. But I can understand why you'd want to use it. Yeah, it's this especially in list view. I think it's pretty handy, man. Yeah, and uh, just so everybody knows, uh, where do you find these? Well, if you go to Finder and then Preferences and then Sidebar, you're going to see all sorts of wonderful selections. And there's a few others. Like, I don't think I really use, yeah, all my files I have disabled, Dave. Uh, AirDrop, um, I don't really use AirDrop that really? often. Oh, man, I have found AirDrop to be super handy uh, when I'm around other people or just bouncing stuff to, to and from my own uh, my own devices. Yeah, but that's another selection there. And then yeah. some others like desktop and, and a few of the regulars. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff, man. All right. Uh, Eric says to find things on my Macs, I prefer to search with a thing I found in the Mac app store called easy find. And sure enough, easy find is in the Mac app store and it's free. Uh, or at least it was when I looked for it. Yeah. 
It's totally free. So uh, uh, that's great. It's uh, an enhanced find utility, I guess. What I'd call that. Yeah. Right? I don't know if you've noticed this as of late, Dave, but I've found that uh, even when you use some of the tricks that we've uh, indicated in the past to find some files like preference files and plist files, I found that the finder doesn't always find them. Right. I'm still trying to figure out why, which I guess is why people are writing these third party utilities. I, I, again, I'm not exactly sure why Apple is filtering certain things, even if you explicitly say, no, no, I really want to see system files. Right. You, you, have you found that too? Totally. Yeah. Okay. It, it's yes. I definitely have found that. And there have been times when I've had to re, re, resort to using the find command at, um, at the, you know, at the terminal, which never, I, it, it never works quite the way I want it to, but that's solely because of my limitations of being able to use the find command effectively. It's, it's a little weird, um, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. All right. Uh, but easy find should help solve that for you. So we'll put that in there too. Chuck writes, he said, I just discovered a little pointer, at least a new trick in my conscious recall. He says now that uh, Macworld magazine is digital only, I miss being able to pull out hard copy pages where I've highlighted sections I'll need to remind me to practice new ideas. I've just found. I always keep thumbnail view open so I can easily delete the majority of useless pages pages. I suspected I needed several ideas from say page 78. What would happen if I grabbed that page 78 thumbnail and dragged it to the desktop, click drag drop. And sure enough, I now have a single page PDF with several practical little tips or whatever was on page 78. Thanks Chuck. Yeah, you're, you're right. Preview is pretty, um, is pretty, uh, it's got some neat things in there. And this is one of them. You can not only can you drag things out to save as a separate uh, page, but you can also rearrange things and you can insert pages into a PDF right using preview as well. So it's good stuff. Right. Can't you? Yeah, I believe you, you can smash two documents together. In yes. Preview. Okay. Yes, you can. It, it gets weird, though. Um, you got to be careful exactly how you drag the new document in, because sometimes all it will do is have two separate documents, uh, both in thumbnail view, kind of coalesced into the same window. But but if you drag them in to the right spot, then it will add those as pages to your existing PDF. It's a little weird. Just. I have I I seem to always get it wrong about fifty percent of the time. So just be aware that you might not get it quite right the first time you you go and drop it in. And maybe there's maybe there's another trick. Maybe somebody in the cat in the cat room, in the chat room, at uh, macgeekgab.com slash stream will have a magic answer for us. We should get a cat room. We should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We <be> good. <laughs> All right. Lastly, this isn't the last free thing that we'll we'll talk about. But lastly, in this first section here, uh, let's see. We have uh, Jason, who found a uh, well, a great thing. He says, "Camel, camel, camel dot com is an Amazon price history tracker, which allows you to see graphical price history data of any item on Amazon, including those from third party sellers." It also allows you to set price watches so you can get email notifications when an item drops below a certain price. 
I've saved several dollars uh, during this past holiday season using the tracker. It will even allow you to import Amazon wish lists. I don't think I've heard you guys mention this before, and we haven't. I never knew about Camel, 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 but this is pretty cool stuff. I recommend you check it out. Um, and as does Jason. So we will, we will throw that out there. But yeah. I never, uh, never heard of camel. Did you ever use camel, 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 John? No. Well, well there you go. So that was a nice way to wrap up the free section to actually save you a little bit of money. Right. So thanks for that, Jason. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Got anything to throw in there, John, before we, uh, yes, I have a free one. All right. We'll stay. We'll stay, we'll stay here. Free. All right. Cool. Well, I got a couple of free ones. I'll, I'll mention mention the first one that I came across. Uh, yeah. that, that's very useful. I'm not sure how I came across it, but um, the name of the utility is called Light Blue. What does it do? You ask. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it does. Um, so it's uh, from our friends at PunchThrough.com, and it's basically a Bluetooth low energy scanner. Which uh, could be handy to have. Um, I think I downloaded it because um, I had misplaced one of my Bluetooth devices and I had no idea where it was. So I was running this program to help me try and find it. And eventually it, it did help me uh, f- find out sp- uh, pretty close to where, where, where I had left it. It was under something, but uh, and the device itself didn't have a way to beep or, or boop or, or make any noise. And what's so, the name um, of the app? Uh, you can get you can get it in the app store. Okay, so, uh, and, and it's for OS ten, uh, and it's called Light Blue. Light Blue. All right. Yeah, I mean, right now it's showing. Uh, so it's showing iFit Active, uh, and then it, it shows you the various service. So it lets you really, really drill down. Um, and it does an active search as well. Um, I don't think because uh, I know that iStumbler also does Bluetooth, but I think that's only uh, that only show you things that you're. Um, actively connected to um whereas this is more a bluetooth scanner but it also tells you uh, again the services that it offers so it really lets you drill down so it's pretty neat like right now it shows uh my ifit uh one of the tracker devices i have on my keys and then my apple tv so it shows right now three things nice um, that it can see so if you want the lowdown on your uh on your bluetooth devices bluetooth le i think is is all it, it oh wait is the apple tv le maybe it's not just le yeah, no, it's not. It, that's a, that's a, I think it's just a straight on normal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you cool, want to learn about uh, any Bluetooth devices in your, uh, in your hood, uh, this will do it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I think we can stay free for a little bit. Mark writes, he says, I've been using for uh, scanning for viruses. I've been using AVG cleaner for a few months and it's a nice friendly interface. And best of all, it's free. And in the Mac app store, I run it weekly and it's amazing how much cruft the OS leaves behind. Uh, Here's where you cut me. Thank you, Mark. Funny stuff. Uh, AVG cleaner. All right. That'll work. Still, uh, you still, you, you use something else, right, John? You use clam, clam AV. Is that right? Uh, on, on occasion. Haven't really had a need to, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Or clam AV X, uh, is the, uh, OS 10 version. Right. Clam X AV or clam X AV. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's an X in there somewhere. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I find it's a, it's a pretty decent, uh, uh, open source, I believe. And, uh, free, uh, virus deal. 
Yeah, it that's antivirus deal. That's one of those that you can get from the Mac App Store, but you're better off getting the the is that the one that you're better off getting from the website because it does a little more than they than they're allowed to do in the app store or maybe i'm confusing um no 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 i believe you're right is that the one in the app store i believe is not active you have to uh you you have to you have to say okay please start a scan whereas i believe uh, and i think it's because yeah it's in the app store that they don't permit app store programs to do certain things right whereas the one you download from them can also do background scanning right Um, but I found it finds viruses. You're not going to find many. Well, I don't think you're going to find viruses at all on the Mac, but you may find documents infected with weird. I have had it actually identify emails that have like weird things happening with them, like URL redirection and stuff like that. Um, cool. Which sometimes is okay. And sometimes it's, it's a dastardly. I, I remember I ran it one time and it found an email that I think I sent to you long ago. Yeah. It was somebody sending me something to my Mac observer email address saying, uh, yeah, your bank of America account is, um, mm. uh, and I'm like, um, I don't have a bank of America. Account right. at Mac That's observer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't handle the finances at Mac observer. So, uh, nice try. Yeah. Hey, Peter writes and he says, I just figured out that using command enter when wanting to send a reply in notification center works in OS 10, uh, it will send the message. Pressing just enter or command shift D as you would in mail to send a message does not work. It says I'm a keyboard shortcut junkie, so it's been bugging me for a while. And that's true. The in the uh, if you want to reply to a message in notification center, command enter will do it. So thanks, Peter. That's good stuff. Uh, speaking of things you can do on your Mac that you can also do on your iPhone, Tom helps tie things together a little bit, saying uh, that. Uh, if you open contacts on your Mac, select the contact and click on edit, you can scroll down and now you can see your ringtone and text tone for that contact. Not only can you see them, but you can edit them and change them uh, with the same tones on your phone. If you have custom tones on your phone, those don't show up on your Mac, of course. Uh, if you want to assign several ringtones or text tones in one session, this can be an easier way to do it than navigating the interface on the phone. Makes me wonder what other goodies are hiding in Yosemite. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. Great, great stuff. Uh, And it's true. You can, you know, you may not even realize that you can do this, but in addition to setting your system-wide text tone uh, and system-wide ringtone on on your phone, you can set contact-specific ringtones. In fact, John, for you, I have the answer, which is um, what you folks know as the Mac Geek Gab theme song. But um, but when you call me, I have the little theme song that we play at the beginning of the show is what uh, what rings. So I know it's you because you're the only one that gets that. But uh, I have a separate text tone for my wife, all that good stuff. So I really, you know, I can actually and, and you can set um, uh, not only separate tones, but you can set separate um, uh, buzzes too. in the I believe that's done in the accessibility settings. Is that right, John? Or you can create your own custom um, uh, 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 vibration patterns. Oh, fun. Yeah. I haven't, uh, messed with that. Yeah. I know some people, uh, do like Morse code and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to think of where that is. Maybe somebody in the chat room will remind me. I know I've found it, but it's, I'm not finding it in accessibility. So now I'm, now I'm, I'm off, uh, I'm off the, uh, yeah, I don't know where it is. We'll find it. If we don't, uh, if we don't come up with it this episode, we'll talk about it next episode. I just don't want to 
waste everybody's time while we sort through it because we have plenty to go through here while we're on the subject of ringtones before we wrap this one up. Bruce has uh, something. Yes, you have to pay 99 cents for this. But uh, he says you've spoken a couple of times about the uh, single included ringtone with FaceTime in Yosemite. Well, here's a 99 cent app that can change all that. And indeed, uh, there is an app called Ringtone Adder that lets you add ringtones to FaceTime on OS 10. So thank you for that, Bruce. Uh, actually, it's gone up since you sent us your email. It is now one ninety nine. So we will put that in the um, in the in the show notes because there there are other ways to do this. We've talked about them and we've linked to them. But if you want to keep it easy, pay the uh, pay the two bucks. So thank you for that, Bruce. All right, John, what do you got? You got anything for us here? Uh, yeah, I got another one here. Um, surprise, you're not on the list, but this is something okay. that I. Uh, yeah, this is something I got the other day, and it's uh, it's kind of neat to. Uh, so, if you want to keep track of your activity, like it's almost like a little diary, um, but it keeps track of your movements, and it shows you where uh, where you've gone during the day, uh, and the amount of calories that you've burned. Um, and also, uh, you know, it says, hey, good for you. You burn this many calories walking. Right. And it shows what stores or other places you've been to. Uh, but it's called Moves. And it's free. So why not check it out? And uh, I'll paste that uh, Earl. There we go. Yeah. Neat, neat little program. Cool. Moves by Proto Geo. Cool. Yeah. And then I've had to give me notifications. It's like, oh, yay. You know, last week you... Uh, Burned more calories than you ever did. Good for you. Yeah, like good I think, for you. Well, I think I think the week that happened was when I was actually in Manhattan, so I did uh, quite a bit more walking than I, I usually do. I bet uh, you did. Yeah, going on the subway and walking the dangerous streets of uh, New York City. You know, and running, <laughs> R- running away, <laughs> running away from evil doers. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Manhattan's not that bad. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, there's still some sketchy parts, but uh, yeah. Sweet. Hey, um, I want to talk about our first sponsor. That is Otherworld Computing at MacSales.com. They, I saw them this past week. They were exhibiting at the NAB show, which was happening simultaneously and in concert with and in, in cooperation with the NMX show that I was attending for the conferences. OWC makes all kinds of great things for the Mac. As we all know, they make, they really started their, uh, their whole foray with Ram. And of course, uh, in addition to making and selling Ram, they really figured out where their business was when it came time for customer service, they built their own lab and they do a lot of testing in fact, they do all of their own testing and make sure that this stuff works with all the new Macs. And that has spilled over into every other product that they do. And that's really the core of why these guys do it right uh, and why they get it better than so many others and why they've lasted so long, because they have the ability to test this stuff both before and after. I mean, if hopefully you don't have any problems with the stuff, but if when you know when things come back and invariably they do they test them right there in their own lab so it really is 
fantastic. They figure out what's going on. They're smart people there and they totally grok what's going on. They're not just passing products along at all. They are really involved with these products and, and we love them for that. The, then their new Thunderbolt dock is quite frankly, quite special. Uh, it's a Thunderbolt two dock. It has five USB ports on it, five USB three ports on it, two of which are on the side of the dock and have the ability to do high speed charging has audio in and out has firewire 800. It has gigabit ethernet and it has HDMI as well as a pass through Thunderbolt connector so that you can daisy chain yet another Thunderbolt device off of it. It's pretty special uh, Thunderbolt two. So you've got full speeds and all of these other things. So many other docks either don't have enough USB ports or don't have firewire and HDMI. I mean, it's, it, they really know what they're doing there. And uh, I've had the opportunity to test one of these things and it's, it's fantastic. And the uh, HD, the HDMI port will, will do uh, 4k and all of that good stuff. So five USB three ports, pretty awesome. You can add this to a Mac, of course, like the new Retina iMac that has USB 3 in it. Or if you've got an older Mac, you know, if you're in that 2011 kind of late 2010, early 2012 range where you've got Thunderbolt, but not uh, USB 3, really consider one of these Thunderbolt 2 docks because it will let you add USB 3 ports to your older Mac and really expand things. It's been it's been quite special. In fact, the Mac that I have right in front of me is exactly one of these. And it's great to be able to add USB three. That's the beauty of Thunderbolt and OWC is there to deliver it. They also have the, uh, as I mentioned, the new Envoy Pro Mini. When you look at this thing, you are going to think, oh, it's a flash drive because it looks like a flash drive. It doesn't feel like a flash drive, though. It's a little bit heavier. And uh, and when you dig in deeper, you find this is not a flash drive. This is a full enterprise class or desktop class, I should say, but full speed SSD sustained speeds up to 433 megabytes a second full sized SSD performance in a little drive that you can fit in your pocket. They've got a 120 gig version for 119 and a 240 gig version for 199. So this is a serious thing that you can carry around with you and fantastic. I was able to see it at the, showstopper show as well as the the nab expo hall this past week and like i said it for my i told them i said your biggest problem with this is going to be explaining to people that it's not a flash drive or it's you know it's not a thumb drive it's not a slow thumb drive it's it's not all you gotta do is plug it in and you'll see so 433 megabytes a second sustained it's called the envoy pro mini and it sure is mini but it packs a punch so check that out check out the thunderbolt 2 dock those are 249 all at MacSales.com. And we do want to thank them for sponsoring the show. A lot of fun having you folks on board. All right, John. What do we got here? MacSales.com. Let me, since we're talking about flash drives, Dave. Yeah. Why don't I mention one thing that I've recently got? Uh, and well, I'll, I'll do a mini review of it, but it's also cool stuff found. Okay. I'll keep it short because we got lots of things here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is something I got from my friends at SanDisk. So I saw it at a, at a show a number of uh, months ago. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I got an email saying, oh, yeah, we remember you wanted to check one of these out. Uh, would you like one? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And what is it, you're asking? And I'm going to tell you. It's called the iExpand 
flash drive okay. for iPhone and iPad. And you can kind of glean a little bit of what it does, but I'll tell you explicitly what it has. Well, if you look at it, then you're going to finally, re- then you're going to realize what it does for you. So on one end, there's a USB connector. As the name implies, the device is a flash drive. But then on the other end, or actually on top of it, there's a lightning connector. Oh, nice. What is this craziness? Why would you possibly want something like this? Well, you want something like this if you want to shuttle information between your Mac and your iPhone or your iPad. So what you need to do, all right, so, so you don't have to do anything out of the box um, if you, on the flash drive side. On the USB side, you just plug it into your Mac and you see it. Um, it comes in capacities ranging from 16 up to 128 gigs. They gave me the 128 gigs. So that's pretty cool. And then it's pre-populated with some content. So um, I believe they have some secure uh, storage software on there, which I haven't looked at yet, but that's pretty common for a lot of flash drives. But then they also have some directories. So they have a music directory, a video directory, and a picture directory. Nice. And they put some sample content in there. Now, here's the key part, though. So the lightning connector. So when you plug it into your iDevice, your iPhone or your iPad. Now, the first thing, and this is kind of an iOS thing, I think, is that when you plug it in, it says, hey, you need an app to really take advantage of this device on your uh, on your iPhone or iPad. Would you like to go to the app store and get the app? And it's like, sure. OK. Yeah. yeah. No, that's super handy to be able to do that with hardware. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of pieces of hardware when you plug them in will do that. So so it's part of iOS. Um the thing is, if you don't, you really can't, t- your, your device won't see it. And you can download it manually. And actually, I did this just to see what would happen if I plugged it in again and ignored it. Sure. <laughs> so take their advice and install the app. But when you install the app, so here's the cool part that the app lets you do. And you know, this, I think, actually addresses a question that someone had a, a, a while ago about how do I access content? That, it, it, what do I do if my device is full of content and I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, bring it with me? So what you can do, Dave, is so the app will let you uh, listen to your music, uh, view pictures, and also watch movies. I actually did this. I took a movie that I ripped, Dave, uh, an M4, uh, M4V file, I guess it was. Yeah. Put it on this, plugged it into my uh, iPad, ran the app, and hey, there we go. Was able to watch the movie. So that's one thing. So it lets you shuttle your data back and forth between your devices. But the other thing is it also has um, you know, some additional features. You can back up your camera roll to it, which is very nice. You can also back up your contacts to it. Nice. So it does a whole pile of stuff. And uh, last I looked, even the 128 gig, I think the pricing is in the uh, under $200, I believe. Okay. I think it's 100 something. Yeah. If you want the maximum capacity. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it's, it's very a uh, very clever device. Cool, and very useful. Well, that's awesome, man. Very fun. Yeah, it it <clears throat> having some way to offload things or expand your your iOS device. It's good. Cool. Hey, Nick uh, wrote in. He says I was listening to episode five forty eight, and you were discussing tools, uh, network tools, ping, etc., to test and troubleshoot networking issues. He says as a networking nerd for fifteen plus years. I've been using ping plotter as one of my go-to tools for troubleshooting network issues, especially issues that occur on a random basis. 
It pings while doing a trace route like path analysis. It has a history graph to show you when pings are successful and when they are not, as well as plotting response time across the timeline. It also shows you responses from each hop and on which hop the traffic is failing when pings fail. So you know where in the middle of the chain the problem might be. They have a solid Windows version with a 30-day trial, and they're working on an OS X version. They've got a running OS X version, but have since decided to go in a different direction, so they're doing a ground-up rewrite. But the running version is available for download. You need a license to run it, uh, and it's 40 bucks. He says the license is cross-platform. But, uh, but it is worth checking out. So it's called the Ping Plotter at pingplotter.com, and uh, it's one to keep an eye on. Thanks, I appreciate that, Nick. Huh. That's yeah. That's that's a. I I totally get why that would be a handy thing. So very good. Also in show five forty eight, John Stephen uh, was listening and says uh, we were talking about uh, the similar thing: how to monitor and log. Uh, when we were talking about logging and monitoring your internet service provider outages, and we talked about how to either see the ping log that we had going or save it to a file, but not both. And Steven says, use the uh, terminal command called T T E E like a uh, plumber's T. Uh, and the idea w- with what T does is it shows it on the screen and logs it to a file. It takes whatever input uh, you've got coming in. Right. So which was the exact head scratcher. I was like, how do you do both? I had had no idea that this command existed. So he says you do ping and then, you know, in our example, www.apple.com and then a pipe because that's the pipe character. That's how you tell it. Send the output here. And then, of course, like in plumbing, you send a pipe to a T and the water runs in two directions. And so that's why we say T-E-E. And then, and then you just type the name of the file that you want to save it to. In his case, he put ping log, ping.log. And, uh, and then that, that did it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I will invariably, I can't believe I've never heard of T before. Is it, uh, you know, I want to check it actually. Is it in OS 10? Oh, terminal. Yep, sure is. So it's part of the standard distribution there. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. We love those kinds of things. Oh, sorry. That was uh, Steven. Thank you, Steven. Nick was ping plotter. Steven was there. So we're catching up. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Jed. Jumping directions a little bit. He says, I don't I know this isn't brand new and you guys may have mentioned it. We haven't. He says, but Slack is an awesome tool. It's basically a chat room on steroids, but it's pretty amazing. Uh, I I've looked into Slack uh, and I know I have several friends that use it and love it. Um, we, I, I, we should probably try it here at, at either backbeat or TMO, but um, you know, we do so much voice calling that our Skype chat room actually works out quite well. And especially now that the iOS app for Skype is not such a battery hog as it, that it used to be. It's, it's really not a bad thing to just stay logged into all the time. But uh but I have I have heard good things about Slack. So uh, if, if and, and I there might be a way to integrate with Skype to uh, to, you know, to make it easy to jump to that for some group calling and then and then just back to the Slack room for for chatting. So or for uh, yeah, for chatting. So thanks, Jed. Good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. I'm assuming you haven't used Slack, right, John? You're not you, you wouldn't. Since no, it, I'm since not. it came out, you haven't been I, a. I, 
in an environment. I don't slack, man. That's right. Give you that idea. You're no slacker. <laughs> you know, I, I did want to mention one thing. You, you just mentioned batteries, and I, I just want to throw this out real quick. Mm. The uh, device that I mentioned before, the other thing that uh, struck me as unique about it, or, or uh, which will help prevent your battery being drained, is that the iXpand drive has a rechargeable battery in it. Oh, nice. Oh, because oh, yeah. when you plug it and, and I asked them, why, why does it have a rechargeable battery? That doesn't make any sense. And they're like, no. So when you plug it into your lightning device, it doesn't drain the battery. Right. <laughs> right. So that's a nice touch because they don't have to do that. And if they didn't have it, then, yeah, it would, it would suck your battery out of your iOS device, which uh, nobody wants that. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. So, John, uh, we you know that we uh, recently lost. Uh, Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, uh, also the yeah. great the great host of In Search of, uh, and that show scared the heck out of me as a kid. I don't know why, but uh, but I think it was just the delivery of it. But I loved it. It was, but it was always terrifying. Um, and 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 we all love to to share the uh, the immortal words of Spock, which were "Live long and prosper." And uh, and along those lines, Steve wrote in and showed us an article from the New York Daily News about how to add the live long and prosper emoji salute onto your iPhone. And it's a great little article. It, you, you actually just go to a website and copy the emoji and then you paste it in to your keyboard shortcuts uh, section in the settings. And so now if I'm on my phone and I type LLAP, it replaces that with live long and prosper uh, or not live long and prosper, but the, uh, the little Vulcan emoji, you know, with the, the, the finger spread and the, you know, what Spock does, what we're all doing right now, because you can't help yourself when you hear about this. You just, you know, no, I, uh, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to figure that out, man. What a pain in the neck. Yeah. I always like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Yeah, but there was no uh, there was no hand signal for that one. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, he, he was getting radiated or something. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he was he was getting cooked. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's as cool. It's a it's a couple of, you know, it's a few short steps that you got to go through to do the uh, the Vulcan emoji. But it's it's awesome. I've got it on my phone. And I. Um, you know, it's a nice way to send off to fellow geeks. So when you're when you're chatting back and forth, hey, um, so I'm a as you, well as you are, John. I'm a TiVo user. I've been a TiVo user since the Series One that we got in, I guess, the summer of 2000, uh, when we finally understood what TiVo was, and and we have been using it ever since. And we've. Uh, We've bought several new ones over the years. I think right now we've got a, an HD and then a series three and then also a premiere. And the premiere is the one uh, it's, it's actually not the latest and greatest, but that's the Romeo, I believe. But, uh, but the premiere is new enough to get some of the new features that, that TiVo has. And TiVo has done something with their season passes now that is a game changer. And it's something that feels very Apple like, uh, and my guess is we're going to see something like this from from Apple. If we don't, they, they're missing the boat. It's called one pass. So instead of having a seat or you can have a season pass, that's kind of the old paradigm where you go and you say, I want to record every episode of this show 
from that channel and then it records it. And then, you know, it just appears in your list after it's been recorded and you can go and watch it. One pass. What it does is once you jump to a show, uh, you get to see where that show is. You get to see every episode of that show that's available to you through all sources. So certainly any recordings that are there, but also if you happen to have linked your Hulu subscription or your Hulu plus subscription with TiVo, great. That's available right from there. You don't need to jump to the Hulu app anymore. You could if you wanted, but if you're on a show and you say, Oh, I want to watch a different episode of say Seinfeld. You can now say, show me all the seasons. And again, this spans all of your services, Amazon prime, you know, uh, Hulu plus, Netflix, whatever you have linked up to your TiVo, you now get to see all the, you know, the, the show, it, it essentially, it doesn't matter where the show exists. If your TiVo has access to it, you can just jump right there. You don't have to, you don't have to figure out where it exists first and then go and then find the show. You find the show and boom, it's right there. So if you, you know, we're Comcast customers. So we have the Xfinity on demand, which our premiere uh, works with just great. And, and so it's all just right there. You just say, I go to, you know, Seinfeld or I go to lost or whatever show it is. And boom, I get to see where I, you know, all of my sources for that show coalesce together as one. It's awesome. And TiVo did a really good job with it. Um, like I said, I, I, you know, it, it makes my Apple TV now feel very ham fisted because I don't get to say, I want to watch this show, find it for me. I have to say, I wonder if this show is in Hulu and go dig. No. Okay. I wonder if this show is in Netflix and go dig. No. Okay. You know, it, it, this, this is the right paradigm and it's absolutely fantastic. So TiVo's got it right now. They're calling it one pass. And if you're a TiVo customer, you may not. I mean, you've you've certainly seen the little things pop up uh, that say one pass, but you may have ignored it. Don't uh, the if you're on a show, the little C button, which I believe is the yellow one on your TiVo remote is the magic one that will jump you uh, when you're in that view. It just automatically switches you back and forth between the old style season pass and, of course, the new one pass. And when you get a pass, you get to pick whether you want a classic season pass now or a one pass it's pretty awesome john um it it's it's the way it should be because you shouldn't have to decide where you're going to get the content from you should just decide what kind of content you want and whatever services yeah. you have yeah it's awesome yeah i know they had something on the series three that kind of did that it was um i, I forgot what they called it i never really used it though because it was kind of clumsy yeah. Uh, yeah yeah they've tried this in a couple of different ways but but this is i mean this actually works it's brilliant we you can tell how excited i am about it it's just like it it finally somebody did it right so yeah of course i got a fish shake form dave and if you look in the uh in our chat room here i pasted the uh url to that have we talked about our chat room dave yes we did oh yeah okay good com <laughs> slash stream that's right that's it but uh, no, I pasted a uh, uh, screenshot. Uh, so the other day I noticed when I fired up my uh, TiVo Series 3, which has lifetime service, and it still serves my needs for the yeah. most part. Yep. But uh, the main menu, it said, oh, there's a menu change. Click here to find out what it is. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> Uh, and it says TiVo menu change. The video on demand menu has changed to automatically launch the Netflix app. We apologize that YouTube and video podcasts are no longer available on this DVR. 
for unbeatable savings on the world's best DVR, TiVo Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I got to check mine to see if YouTube is available on even the premiere. I don't know if they pulled it out there too. They may have, they may, they may have pulled it out. I don't even think about it because I, any YouTube stuff I do, I do from, I mean, I, I launch it from my phone via my Apple TV. That doesn't mean that it's not valuable to also have on TiVo. I'm just saying. Oh, right. Right. I just don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's not a deal breaker because right. I mean, if I want to take uh, YouTube content and watch it on the TiVo, I'll upload it using, yep. uh, what am I using these days? Pi TiVo X or something like that. Or one of those. Yep. Yeah, I was just surprised that they, they've done anything to the software on that thing. I mean, you know, I think they got all the bugs out long ago. So, yeah, yeah, eh, maybe maybe time to upgrade now. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for my lifetime service. Darn it. That's right. I'm going to get it. <laughs> hey, um, if you are jumping gears a little jumping gears here, whatever we're doing, uh, switching on, on your iPhone, shifting, go to settings, go to general, go to accessibility. Uh, down at the, Ooh, where did I go here? In the hearing section, you can turn on led flash for alerts. This can be really handy if, uh, if you're in a loud environment and need to know if your phone is ringing or otherwise trying to get your attention. Um, but now of course, once you get your Apple watch, if you get one of those, um, and you have a phone that works with it, uh, and you're wearing it. Then, of course, you know, you get tapped and and that's kind of a nice thing. But if you have your phone down, um, it, I've, I've used this during band rehearsals and stuff. So, yeah, you turn on LED flash for alerts and then, you know, you're if, if, as long. Well, as long as you have your phone face down so that the LED is facing you, you will see this. So handy little thing. Um, it's worth digging around in those in those preferences every now and then. And speaking of band rehearsal, Steven comes to potentially the rescue here. I have yet to check this out, but uh, I've wondered often if it would be, you know, I, I was mentioning that I, I did this recent theater show where I had to play piano. And of course, I had it'd been a while since I'd read uh, piano sheet music. And so I went in and I wrote in the notes so that I wouldn't be having to kind of think about it on the on the fly. Although my reading did get better throughout the course of the show. Uh, but he says that an app called Photoscore Ultimate from Sibelius will scan the music and actually put the notes in in its own little way. So I might have to check out this Photoscore Ultimate thing. So thank you, Steve, for sending that in. It seems like we've had a lot of Steves. I believe they've all been different Steves. That's, that one was certainly different from the last Steve. But uh, that's good stuff. I like it. You got one for us, John? Actually, you know what? I uh, before before you do, I want to talk about our second sponsor for this show, which is Barebones at Barebone. Sorry, Barebones Software at Barebones dot com. You know these folks; uh, they really know how to make a text editor. I mean, they really know how to make a text editor. It's good stuff. Uh, theirs is called, as you probably know, BB Edit. BB Edit is an app that I leave open all day long and i use it constantly for different things of course i use it to edit code uh i don't do a lot of advanced coding but i do a lot of stuff for our website so i've got some html i've got some php and i've got some different templates and in, in different uh environments that we work in here and maybe edit handles them all with ease uh 
it's got a nice little window where it coalesces all your documents if you want. And you just have one window open with a list of all your documents down the side or all your little files or all your little snippets, whatever it is. And you just click on them and there you go. Uh, when BB edit senses what language you are programming in, it starts highlighting the code so that uh, you get to see little colors. If you have functions, you can actually collapse them so that uh, the whole function collapses down. Doesn't get in your way. If it's not a function you need to see makes it really simple. It doesn't change the file. Doesn't add this formatting to the file. It adds it to your screen so that you as the programmer have an easier time going through, but you don't have to worry about it mucking with your file. The files are all still just text files as they should be. And that's how it's supposed to be. BB edit. Also, if you happen to have say a dream host account where you are FTPing your files back and forth, that can be a real pain in the neck. You know, you get to launch a separate app, you get to download the file, you edit the file, you save the file, then you upload it again uh, back to the other app. Well, PB edit has an FTP client built right in, and it works just like open and save do. So once you've got the file open from FTP, you make a little edit, you hit save. It doesn't just save it to the disk. It saves it across your FTP connection live up to the server and you're finished. It's as though you're editing just connected directly to the server, which you are because that's how BB edit works. It also has a great word count feature in there. While you're writing, it shows you the number of words, the number of characters, the number of lines that can be really handy. I use it all the time. I leave a, a scratch document open that I can paste things into so it can count the number of words or lines or whatever I need. Uh, because it's a raw text editor, I can paste text in there that's formatted and immediately it strips all the formatting because BB edit doesn't care about formatting. Then I can copy the text from there. So I do a, a copy from say Safari where I've got all these formatting paste it into my scratch document. I select all copy again. Boom. Now the clipboard is cleansed. All is good. Lastly, I use BB edit to do document comparisons. And in the new version here, it's got a killer update to the document comparison window. So you got two documents open or you have them on disk and you say, I want to sh show me the differences. What what's different about these two? It might be two versions of something. It puts them up side by side in one window, really, but it's side by side with the documents. And then below them at the bottom shows you a list of all of the places in those documents where there are changes and you can just step through the list. It highlights the lines in both documents. It scrolls them through and even highlights the sections in those lines that are different. Makes it super easy to see what's going on. I can't talk about this enough. I, I really love what they've done with, uh, with BB Edit over the years, and this version is absolutely the best yet. So you got to go check it out. Go to barebones.com. You can download a free trial, and then when you're ready to buy, it's 50 bucks. That's it. 50 bucks. A lot less than it used to be, and well worth it, and then some. So again, go to barebones.com. Check it out. Find out if it's for you. It probably is. You're going to find a way to use it. And when you do, tell us how you use BB Edit. We'd love to hear about how you use our sponsor's stuff. So uh, please do let us know and uh, check it out. Barebones.com. Thank you very much. All right, John, what do you got for me? What do I got? I got something that's going to cost you a little money. Dave. All right. And I just came out. I, I think I saw. Yes, I saw a commercial on the television that I decided not to blow past. <laughs> with the TiVo. Okay. And it caught my attention because it was kind of cheesy and kind of funny, but it was a commercial 
for what they call the GE Link Starter Kit. So my ha- my house used to be stupid, Dave. Dumb as a rock. Now it's smart. <laughs> okay. I got a smart home now. <laughs> so what are these? So what is this? So basically, it's two LED bulbs uh, that you can control wirelessly. And it also includes uh, what they call a Link Hub. Okay. And it's really pretty darn cool. And Wink, I, I believe, is the application and the uh, protocol that they use to control it. So I was like, eh, you know, because I, I, to me, that price wasn't bad. You know, the LED bulbs in general, um, you know, I, I don't want to pay more than 10 bucks. But here it was like, OK, so you get this hub and uh, which my understanding is you only can use it for light bulbs. You can't use it. Uh, sure. They have a higher level device. But um, it's two bulbs. You can control them. So you download. Uh, it's only an iOS app. And I'm exploring uh, how to do this from from a PC yep. or a Mac. Sure. But they have an iOS app. And what it lets you do is you pair, so it uses Wi-Fi to pair with your network, and then I think it uses something called Zigbee to pair with these bulbs, and then you can control the bulbs. So you can turn them on, you can turn them off, you can dim them, you can make them brighter and not so bright. And I thought it was really neat. But then here's the interesting part, Dave, is that once you run the Wink app, you can link to all sorts of other things. So for example, it knows what my drop cam is. So the Wink app sees my drop cam, but then even better, you can use this app to build robots. So for example, if something happens, like, um, I don't think it quite works right with the drop cam that I have, but in theory, you could say, okay, if you hear something in this area or see something moving in this area, then make this thing happen. Like turn the lights on. (laughs) And when you try to add and and the number of devices that it handles, Dave, so if you run the Wink app and you say add a device, so I I have, I think this has a lot of potential and I may slowly uh, buy devices, Um, but you can add hubs, um, alarms, blinds, uh, cameras, garage door, heating, cooling, uh, kitchen stuff, water heater. So it's this whole, uh, uh, your door lock or certain door locks, uh, power. I mean, oh my gosh. That's pretty cool, man. well, and it, the There's nice so part is there. it's a it's a very low barrier to entry. I mean, what you if you just if you went and got all the stuff that that you just mentioned, it, you'd be in for several hundred bucks. But that's okay. The nice part is you don't have to spend several hundred to start with one light bulb, and that's two light cool. Well, two yeah, oh, I know. Two light bulbs. Yeah, no, I know. But but you know it with some of these other things, you know, you're in for eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks just to just to get your foot wet, right? Whereas with this, it's 25 bucks. And now you see, oh, do I like this? Hey, that's pretty cool. Maybe I want to mess with it a little more. And then, you you know, you just kind of trickle in more and more things, more and more things. That's pretty yeah, the cool. thing is, that it used to be 50 bucks. And I think for, for a lot of people, yeah, that that's too much for two light bulbs and a little Wi-Fi radio. I agree. And then I've seen the bulbs and, and I think the cost will come down. So if I wanted to get more bulbs, they're, I think, 15 bucks each and even the compatible. So Cree also makes a bulb. So you can get either GE or Cree. And then they have some of the higher end bulbs, which I think work with it. Like Hue, I guess, is that's the Philips version and all yeah. that. But um, again, it's a way to get started. So uh, I just thought I thought I'd mention it because uh, and, and I'm going to again, I want to explore. I think they have something called Open Hab. So it's an open source kind of uh, environment that you can control wink things with. And I'm trying to get it to compile and run on my Mac. So uh, nice. Yeah, you may want to check it out, too. I think you may have devices that will fit in. I I, I think at least one of your devices, I know you got one of the thermostats. You may be able to control it with this wink app. Right. 
Right. Or at least talk to it and see what it's what it's up to. Let's see what it does. Hey, that's cool. All right. I got to check that out. Very cool. All right. I got one that's going to that's gonna make you spend some money, especially <laughs> if you are a podcaster or really anyone that's looking to do some mixing in a way that uh, really hasn't been possible before. Yamaha has come out with a series of mixers. There's two of them. Uh, the AG06 and the AG03, one is a little bigger than the other. But uh, but the idea is we've all had USB mixers before. and But the thing is, a lot of these go in one direction. You plug all your stuff in externally into this little mixer, and then you plug the mixer in USB into your Mac or your PC, and you mix the stuff, and then it sends a signal to your Mac that you record. And, you know, sometimes you can grab the individual microphones or whatever from the mixer, you know, the individual channels, or you can record the, the final mix. And that's great. No problem. Well, the problem is, say, for what we do here, John, I have uh, a really convoluted setup because I need to get your signal from Skype, which is inside my computer, out to the mixer because I like to have you out in my mixer. And so I have to capture the Skype signal in this crazy way and then send it out through a different interface to get to the mixer. Well, Yamaha solves that. Not only do they have in the AG series mixers, not only do they have the ability to, you know, mix stuff externally and send it back to the Mac, they have a special channel in the mixer for data coming from your computer. So you have a separate little knob to twist to set the level of the data coming directly from the computer. So you don't need to create a crazy environment and uh, to do all this, they've, they've really simplified it. And these are, you know, they've got, uh, they've got compressor on, uh, on one of the channels. They've got an amp simulator. If you want to plug in a, a guitar, uh, it's got two channels of combo input. So you can use quarter inch or XLR, uh, you know, XLR is what we use for, for uh, kind of standard microphones. They've got uh, phantom power on one of the channels. If you need it, you can add some digital effects that are built right in. You can, you can route back to the PC however you want. So you can say, uh, you know, you want it to loop everything back to the PC. You can just have a mix of, of the inputs or you can send just the dry channels back and forth. So it's really, really flexible. Uh, they have a headphone out. You can plug an iPod in if you want to go that way too. So it's super flexible and it's tiny and it's USB powered. So uh, it can be powered from your Mac while you are um, on the go. Or if you don't have your Mac and you want to just do a little mixing, you could use this to mix like a little PA if you wanted to. Uh, you can power it with a little USB battery because it's USB powered. So you could take your, you know, your, your spare battery for your iPhone and power this thing out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and then you can, you know, do whatever you want. You can even record uh, in or out from your iPad with this thing. So, or your phone, it's, it's all, it works with the, the Apple, you know, the iPad camera connection kit, which is really just a lightning to USB adapter. So they've really done a good job with this thing. Uh, it, it's a, it's a cool paradigm. Of course, there's always more that you want, but, um, but you got to check it out. 269 bucks for the AG06, which is the bigger of the two. And then the AG03, which I'm trying to find here is... Slowly but slowly. That's just got one mic input, whereas the AGO6 has two. The AGO3 is uh, 70 bucks less for $199. Uh, and, and even smaller because it has one less fader. 
So you got to check these things out. They've done a good job with this. They, they really, oh, I mean, I, you know, it's awesome to see a mixer that is targeted towards people like me, a podcaster. So you got to check it out. All right, John, let's see where we're going from here. How are we doing on time? We got a little bit of time left, I guess. I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, where are we? We'll go to Dedunk. I think that's a handle. It's got to be a handle. Mm. Yeah. I may not. I don't know. Uh, we got an email here that says... Uh, you should check out the mini lock for Chrome browser. It is a very cool, secure way to send encrypted files using bulletproof elliptic curve cryptography. Mini lock.io. He says the creator is in Japan. He's studying for his PhD in cryptology. So mini lock.io is a Chrome plugin for encrypting and sharing files with your friends. All right. Thanks to dunk. That's good stuff. We will, uh, we will uh, put that out there. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What else do we have here, John? Uh, what does Jeremy have? Oh, no, I'm going to go to Devin. This is good. This is excellent. Actually. Did you check this out? Devin says, uh, next time security encryption is the topic of the day. You may want to share this blog entry I found on a cool way to use GPG. Um, the it's called the best GPG to or best PGP tutorial for the Mac ever. The steps that are included here. I went through some of these steps. Uh, really what it does is it walks you through installing uh, GPG tools for Mac. They actually tell you to skip the mail plugin. And I'm not exactly sure why mm. I'll tell you. Well, I think I understand why, but, um, but really what they do is teach you to set up the keyboard shortcuts for GPG tools for the Mac in a way that makes it easy to remember using the squiggly line, the squiggly brace and the, the, the regular bracket uh, so that when you highlight text anywhere, you can either encrypt or or decrypt or sign or encrypt and sign. And it makes it super easy to do it this way. And I think the reason they tell you not to use the mail plugin is just so that you have a consistent experience no matter where you are, because the mail plugin works great if you're in mail. But if you are in, say, a Gmail web browser interface, you got nothing. You know, you, you, the mail plugin is useless to you there, but these things work great in a web interface and it really makes it easy to do PGP, uh, anywhere. And that's why the, uh, the tutorial is, is there. So thanks, uh, uh, Devin for sending that in. It's good stuff. I highly recommend it. I, I set it up on my Mac. I, I still leave the mail plugin because I like that, but it is a different experience. It, it's still the same encryption and decryption. No problem. But, uh, so wait, yeah. so you're doing it from within? Well, so it's from essentially from the services menu. Although you're you're setting keyboard shortcuts if you um, if okay. you do it this okay. way, and but it, it just it just allows you because it works with every app. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be in a text, you know, any text edit window anywhere, and that certainly could be mail. But it also could be, you know, your fast mail interface on the web, your Gmail interface on the web, your iCloud interface on the web, a different mail client. Okay. Right. All right. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just. Okay. Because now matter. you can. 
Okay, because you can already from the finder using the services menu, encrypt and decrypt and, and all that fun Correct. stuff. Correct. Right? Okay, yeah, well, so this this uh, expands where you can use. Yeah, well, G- yeah, it doesn't expand it. It just makes for it. There's nothing here in this tutorial that you wouldn't otherwise get with just installing GPG tools. The thing is, this kind of walks you through a process of setting it up and assigning some keyboard shortcuts that are easy to remember because they're all kind of lumped into those either squiggly bracket or regular bracket um, thing. And so you, you just, it just makes it easy. It's good stuff. It's really smart, actually. It's good. So we will, we will put that in the show notes. In fact, I believe somebody already has, which is awesome. So thank you for that. Okie dokie. What else do we have here, John? Oh, I want to talk about, I love this thing. The, um, the Lassie rugged raid. This is, this is a cool device, John. It's two drives stacked together with a Thunderbolt interface and a, uh, or a Thunderbolt cable built in because that's how this Lassie rugged stuff works now. And, uh, a USB three port that obviously can be used with USB two, but this rugged raid, it's a, it's, it's kind of, you know, fat compared to the, the old, uh, let's see rugged drives, but cause that's got it. That's cause it's got two drives in there, but it's smoking fast. It's a four terabyte thing. It's got two, two terabyte drives stacked on top of each other. But with USB three, because you've got these two drives, you're getting 240 megabytes a second. Uh, and, and the same, you know, Thunderbolt, cooks as well because it's obviously super fast and it's just all together it's in a nice little fat little it's not super fat but it's you know it's this chunky box and uh, great to travel with really works well and it's smoking 420 bucks for four terabytes of uh super fast raid and fun stuff so i couldn't i couldn't i'd love it it's a it's a great thing i love what lissy's doing with their uh with their rugged line that's one of my one of my favorite little things. So I couldn't let the show go without talking about it. Have you checked this one out, John? No, you know I recall. You know I'll have to uh, contact uh, who was it? There was another vendor that made something similar that I saw at MacWorld. Yeah, it was a dual okay. drive Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was WD or I think okay. it was WD. I, yeah, I got to get back in touch with them. But uh, yeah, that's handy. Yeah, I have not yet uh, used Thunderbolt. I have used USB 3 because now I have USB 3 because I got that new machine. Right, right. Of course. But I haven't yet used a uh, Thunderbolt peripheral. Well, I got the DisplayPort thing. Sure. It's kind of, but... uh, Not really. No, I still have to uh, explore uh, Thunderbolt. Well, Um, what I really like about the the Lassie Rugged stuff is... Well, a it comes with a Thunderbolt cable, but the cable is built in. I mean, it's it's wired right into mm-hmm. the case, um, and it stores itself in the case, so it's not just flopping around when you're not using it. But it it makes it so that you don't have to think, oh, I got to throw a cable in. You just grab the drive and throw it in, and it has everything you need to connect to your Mac, um, which is awesome. And I really like because Thunderbolt can power, you know, uh, even two hard drives like this, which is awesome. Really makes a difference. So highly recommend it. It's fun stuff. Oh, what else do we have here? John, you got anything uh, to throw out there? Yeah, I'll throw something at you. Go. Just because I looked at my iPhone and I have this on here and I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why it's on here. 
I think I think they were giving it away for a day. But even if they're not giving it away, sounds like something pretty handy. And we made it, and I looked in our show notes. We mentioned it two years ago. So I'll okay, it again or three years ago. Cool stuff found revisited. But, um, Go. But it's a Geekbench, and it's oh, yeah. called Geekbench Three. But I think I haven't. Uh, no, I hadn't run it for a while, and now I see that I have it on my iPhone. But it's a multi-platform benchmark utility, so it runs on. Uh, iOS, which is what I did. So I have it on my iPhone. So it, it'll help you understand how powerful or not so powerful <laughs> sure. your various devices are. And they offer it, uh, I guess, you know, Mac, Windows, Android, uh, iOS. Uh, and I looked here and in the app store. So I think it's free for uh, certain platforms. And uh, in the app store, it's 99 cents. So 99 right. cents. Come on. You know, yeah. even, even I'd, I'd pay for it. Which so I don't think you, I did. Sounds like you did. Oh. <laughs> Either I did or they were giving away free for a day. Or, oh, or something. right. You said that. Yeah. 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 But hey, cool. Geek bench. Geek out. Yeah, very cool. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, you know, I've had these for a little while and I, I don't know why um, I haven't mentioned them yet, but uh, I got a chance. I, I want to because I checked out the first version of this and, and didn't really like it for a couple of reasons. The Parrot Zik 2.0 headphones I really like. Um, now, these are Bluetooth headphones. And they uh, they have the same cool kind of touch screen. Well, not screen, but touch interface on the on this on the right ear of the headphone that just lets you control the volume and change the the song just by tapping and and touching. And of course, they've also got a sensor so that when you take the headphones off, it pauses your music over Bluetooth. Uh, but they've also got this concert hall. Well, they've got they've got a DSP in them and you control it with your phone. And you program it with your phone. So you've got uh, the ability to set uh, different levels of depth. So you can do like, you know, concert hall or jazz hall, or you can turn it off, of course, if you want, uh, which is very cool. It's also got um, a, a noise control. So you can kind of, you know, set the the amount of ambient noise you want to block out or 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 what have you because of the DSP that's right in there. The thing I, and, and they've had this for a while. They've had this in, in version one where version two got better is it's lighter and far more comfortable. The, the, the version one just didn't fit me well at all. And I, I just didn't like it. Um, they also have, but the version two is, is really, really comfortable. I highly recommend them. If you're, if you're looking for a pair of headphones, they've also got, uh, it's funny. They, they've got presets set by uh, various different artists, and uh, Lou Reed is one of the presets that comes with it. Now, I was never a Lou Reed fan, and I, I know that the, the, he has influenced countless people, including many uh, whom I consider uh, my own musical heroes. But I, I can't stand Lou Reed. I don't think he should have sang a thing in his life. But he did a great thing coming up with a rock and roll uh, uh, preset for these. And it sounds fantastic. So um, so Lou did uh, some great things in his life. Singing just wasn't one of them in my opinion, but he made this and uh, this preset and it's awesome. So it really, you know, it, it tweaks it just for rock and roll. The guitars cut through nice. There's, there's a little bit of thump to it, but, uh, but without being, you know, too huge and really, really nicely done. So you got to check it out uh, at uh, parrot.com, but that's the uh, parrot Zik 2.0 headphones. So, Wanted to talk about it. It's been a while since that I've had them on the list, and I don't know why we haven't we haven't gotten there, but now we did. So, what else you got, John? I think I think I'm out. Are you out? Well, 
Let me see if I've got anything left here on the list. We got to have one thing that uh, that might be fun. Yes, yes. Well, you know, okay, I, I got a couple. We'll we'll do it this way. So Eric uh, sent in a cool thing. This is this is mostly just for fun because you probably don't have an account that will let you do anything. I certainly don't. But um, on your iPhone. If you go to Safari and type in Diags colon slash slash and press enter, you are be you will be brought to the iOS version of the diagno- of Apple's kind of built in diagnostics app. Now, with with it, that's where the fun ends, because uh, we don't have the ability to uh, to log in and doing anything like this because you have to have a ticket number and you have to be connected to the you know to the the, the network in the store and all of that stuff. But this is how they run those diagnostics. So it's um it's you know it's cool to find these little things even though we can't really do anything with them. But um but I'm glad you found that Eric. So well, my guess is Eric was looking over the shoulder of somebody while they were doing the diagnostics in in the store. But uh, so, you know, it's fun to find that stuff, right, John? It's good. Yeah, I, I remember they did that. Yes, when, when I went to bring my phone in for the, the battery issues I was having. Yeah. Which it turns out, I think that they actually were right. <laughs> they oh, said really? There wasn't anything wrong with my battery. Yeah, good. Well, I thought I told you that. But yeah, yeah so they, they replaced as a courtesy. They replaced the battery because right. it was just one year out of war. I was like, you know, one year and like a week out of oh, war. Oh, I see. Yeah, and, right. And, but no, yeah, my phone was dying at 20%. As it turns out, I think it was a battery monitoring utility that I was running that was somehow screwing up uh, how the phone handled the battery because I did a, uh, you know, as I told you, I did that DFU restore, right? which is right. like a super restore. And then it didn't happen for a while, but then it happened again. And I'm like, okay, who? maybe it is software. And as it turns out, I think it was. It was, it was something I was running that was monitoring my battery. And apparently it interfered with how the phone thought it was charged or not charged pretty cool because it hasn't happened again but yeah i remember they ran that yeah i remember seeing them running that and i'm like how'd you do that (laughs) Uh, yeah exactly exactly yeah because i think it was actually sucking out the diagnostics from from my phone and and analyzing them and displaying them so yeah very nice cool cool all right one last thing uh from james james says uh I had been struggling for quite a while with getting my external USB drives to automatically mount after a restart or a reboot. Uh, I heard on the no, no, so let me say this again. I heard on the Nozilla cast podcast about a utility called mountain. And since installing it, my external drives now automatically mount after restarts and reboots. The app is available for six bucks from the Mac app store or the developer site at appgineers.de. There's a notice that says um, uh, the mountain version on the Mac app store is not the latest version. Mac app store customers can migrate to the latest version for free. So if you're going to get it, go and get it from appgineers.de. And we'll put a link in the show notes directly to that so that you can get the latest version. But yeah, there's been, um, there's been some weird things with, uh, mounting and unmounting and, you know, especially after sleep and all of that stuff. So mountain can hopefully help there. And I appreciate you sending hmm. that in James. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good, good stuff. I feel like we're at the end, John. I hear we're at the end. Yeah. It happens. 
It's one of those things. It was a good one. We kept, uh, I think we kept quite a few things going here, which is good. Right? Yeah. One of those things. I'll give you one of those things, Dave. All right. It's feedback at MacGeekGap.com. You said feedback at MacGeekGap.com, John. I am always, almost always going to say feedback at MacGeekGap.com. I'm going to say premium at MacGeekGap.com. And I would love to have as many of you as you would like to uh, join us at premium. MacGeekGab.com slash premium is where you can learn more about that. If you send an email to premium at MacGeekGab.com and you are a premium subscriber, uh, that is where uh, we answer your questions. And we do try to get to those first because uh, you're doing even more to help us keep the lights on here. And John and I certainly appreciate your support. But uh, we do get to everything. I am a little behind after having traveled all week. I tried to keep up with most of it. But uh, but there's there's some stuff still out there in the queue, so we're gonna we'll get to that early this week. But um, but yeah, check us out. Premium uh, at MacGeekGab.com is the address. Of course, MacGeekGab.com slash premium or just MacGeekGab.com will give you the details on how to sign up if you want to sign up. And uh, and as you contribute more, you earn towards little gifts that we sent out. We just sent out some mugs to many, many of you out there. They've been very well received. You can see some of them appearing on Twitter and such. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I uh, hope you folks are enjoying your mugs and uh, we'll, you know, we'll get more going soon, but we really do appreciate your support and I would love to have you join us there. If, uh, if you're, if you're willing and able, and if you're not, that's okay too. Please keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's see. You can call us at 206-666-GEEK, which, John, is? 4335. It is 4335. Wouldn't it be funny if it changed? Not really, actually. It wouldn't be funny at all, would it? Be like, no. No. No, it wouldn't be funny. You uh, could pick different letters, but I don't think it would spell anything that makes any sense. No, I don't think it would. All right. And uh, there is an update coming to the Mac Geek app. I don't know for certain if it's going to make it out by Friday when the watch is released, but we've got a special update coming to the app that, yes, might include a little something extra for your wrist. So let's see if we can we'll see if we can get that out, too. But well, we'll talk more about that next time. I want to thank Michael Johnston from the iOS show podcast for converting this show to AAC for all of us and all of you adding those chapters. Super, super handy stuff. Uh, thank you, Michael. You rock. Also, thanks to the folks at Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com for uh, providing all the bandwidth that gets the show from us to you. And uh, the Podcast Marketplace, of course, where all of our sponsors like to hang out. As we mentioned during the show, MaxSales.com, Otherworld Computing. you got to check them out. Uh, as we mentioned during the show, BareBones.com. you got to check them out. Amazing.com with the coupon code MGG. Linda.com slash MGG, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash MGG for 10 days free. Squarespace.com slash MGG. 10% off with coupon code MTG and people that make some of the best utilities in the world smile at smilesoftware.com. John, any lasting advice before we wrap this one up? Well, Dave, I was going to ask you that because you were in Vegas. So what, 
what happened or didn't happen there. Yeah. Well, you know, what I found is that uh, they say that, uh, of course, anything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And that is true. But the, the, the right alongside that is anything that happens on the Internet stays on the Internet. And therefore, I implore you, be careful what you do. Have fun out there. Don't get caught. Yeah. Made up.